From the bingo halls of yesteryear to the bright lights of today's arenas, you're listening to the Bingo Hall Boys. My name is Jake, and joining me is... Nobody. It's just me. I'm your host, Flying Solo. Are you proud of me? I'm proud of you. <laughs> Already going off the rails. Uh, I've got a lot to uh, to get to today. Um, it's a bummer that Mitch couldn't be here with me today. Uh, but it's got the track meet. It's got plenty of stuff to do. Um, you know, I've, some of you think that he's got the track meet. I think he's just pre-gaming and going really hard for Sunday's pay-per-view. Just two days <laughs> nonstop of pre-gaming. Um, odds are he's going to listen to this before I talk to him again. So hope everything goes good. Break a leg. Take care of the kids. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. So... Guys, we've got a lot to get to. Uh, we've got our normal segments. Well, normal now. This is only like the second week we've done them. But we're doing rumors and rumbles, match of the week, high spots, hot takes. And then we're going to be getting to the Revolution preview and a little ROH review. That's right. Ring of Hunters back, baby. Oh, all right. Let's see. Do I do I want to banter with myself before I get started? I'm, I'm not, really, not really sure where to go. Um... I've never podcasted by myself before, so this this could be interesting. It could be, like, really insufferable and not listenable. So, if you guys make it to the end and you dug it, let me know. I would appreciate it if you loved it. And if you didn't like it, uh, shove it. I don't need to hear it. All right. Take a sip of the water before we get started. Let's go ahead and start with rumors and rumbles. In this segment, I'm going to be discussing the latest rumors and speculations swirling around the world of wrestling and offer my own predictions on what's to come. Everyone loves talking contract status. I'm a big NBA fan. Um, Contract status and stuff like that, it's very well known, you know, Plenty of people report on who signed a contract, for how much money, and for how long. Pro wrestling has no (laughs) wrestler unions or any kind of, like, you know, competitive, like, out-in-the-media negotiations with stuff, so we don't know. Uh, We can only go off of what is reported by the handful of people who actually do wrestling reporting. And there's a couple things that I wanted to make note of here. We talked last week about Jay White uh, wrapping up after losing the Loser Leaves Japan match and then the Loser Leaves New Japan match. Um, I wanted to bring that up again because uh, it's possible Jay White is going to Connecticut as soon as Brock Lesnar is leaving. So we'll start with the first part. Uh, Per sources, Jay White's contract with New Japan Pro Wrestling has expired and he's set to leave the company. Uh, Mitch and I kind of weighed the pros and cons of what, you know, Jay White's next possible moves would be. Um, real quick, just to, you know, address that part. I think he would do well in WWE. Um, honestly, I think AEW needs him more. Um, kind of despite my opinion on him, I think he would be a huge deal for either company. Um, WWE has no organic stars. <clears throat> Sorry, Sami Zayn. And AEW needs a top-of-the-card villain. 
you know, if we'll get to it whenever we preview uh, the Revolution pay-per-view for this weekend, but if Danielson wins that title, like the only heel like that's credible enough to go up against him is like Jericho. AEW has no heels that can really be credible challengers. So I think Jay White's desperately needed and all this could be for naught. This could be a part of the revolution preview and he makes his way out and we get the all elite graphic. Who knows? The timing is interesting though, because news dropped that Brock Lesnar has apparently been saying his goodbyes when he was at raw this last week. And he's telling people that he's wrapping up with the company. Um, I just wanted to touch on this. I don't necessarily think he's leaving the Connecticut Fed. If anything, this is like him really putting them over the barrel as far as like they need Brock Lesnar. WWE without Brock Lesnar is really bizarre because, you know, they don't really have any attractions beside him right now. Like John Cena moves tickets. And that's it. So who knows? Um, but wild speculation, Brock Lesnar is going to be all elite. Let's go. <laughs> hey, we just said AEW needs uh, top heels in the company. So Brock Lesnar, come on down. It's a lot better than Goldberg. All right. We're cruising. How long have I been going? Oh, not even six minutes and we're one segment down. Let's go. This might be like the fastest show ever. You know, like whenever you're supposed to give like presentations in school and you're supposed to go like X amount of time. And that was like part of the grading criterion. I would always get so nervous and just rush right past that. All right. So next up, we've got match of the week. Um, the segment's pretty obvious. It's my favorite match of the week. I was thinking about doing a AEW Dynamite review, but I wasn't really enamored with the show. The one thing that did stand out was the face of the Revolution ladder match. Um, powerhouse. <laughs> powerhouse. He is Powerhouse. Powerhouse Hobbs got the win. He pulled down the Sonic ring and will be challenging for the TNT title. I guess next week on Dynamite. I'm not quite sure. But in the match, uh, Takeshita looked awesome. He did an insane blue thunderbomb off of a uh, resting ladder onto the ground, which was really rad. Uh, a spot that was not as rad... <laughs> Guys, um, I, I I appreciate you forming the prayer circle for Action Andretti because he uh, he could have legitimately <laughs> destroyed his knee. Uh, for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, he went to go do a power bomb off of a ladder onto another ladder, and that like his opponent's entire weight came down like on the ladder, and his leg got stuck in between the rung, and it's like if that falls the wrong way just a little bit over andretti's out for a very long time so it's cool that he wasn't he got like immediately back up and did a couple other spots so he's okay uh sammy guevara uh man i guess i gotta say this without mitch on the show so he can't give me you know any guff about it 
I think I'm coming around on Sammy Guevara. I think I am. I mean, don't get me wrong. He still needs to be a heel. <sighs> I get why some people have go away heat with the guy. Um, I thought he was really solid in this match. And I know a lot of people were like really dreading him getting another shot at the TNT title. But honestly, right now, I think he's doing really, really good work. Uh, the story that they're telling, uh, it's seemingly the breakup of, you know, Garcia and Sammy as a as a team. Reluctant friends. I don't know. However you want to word it. I still think that match would be really, really good. But my biggest critique of Sammy is his in-ring. And so spectacle matches like this are, are what he excels at. Now, he can't go out and have like a ladder match <laughs> like every single week. That would be that'd be wild. Um so we'll see. Once he goes back to having more regular matches, I want to see him grow. I want to see him continue to do new things. I I I, th I think that there's still a spot where Sammy Guevara could be like a real asset to AEW. I'm I'm going back to my point of him being awesome in spectacle matches like last year he uh beat cody in that ladder match and cody's he's basically retired no one has seen anything from cody Rhodes since since then joking aside i th i think sammy's could be something special the problem is sammy knows he could be something special so that's just where we are with him. Other people in the match, let's see, Commander made his debut. He was really good. I would assume that whenever he walked, or sorry, ran from the opposite turnbuckle all the way across the ropes and did a plancha off the other turnbuckle that he would be like guaranteed a contract. But um, Uncle Dave said that he signed, can't remember which, you know, promotion down in mexico it is but commander is under contract elsewhere tony khan reached out and wanted to get uh el Hijo vikingo for this which i think is huge news uh but obviously triple a said no the relationship between triple a and aew continues to be weird but it's wrestling so that's to be expected which real quick if you're not familiar with el Hijo vikingo you need to be vikingo is going to be like the luchador of the future like knock on wood he stays healthy this dude is awesome no knock against commander i don't want to make him an afterthought but he excelled in the spot tonight let's see tonight it was last night what am i doing <laughs> all right if that's as bad as the slip-ups get I, th I think i think we're gonna be just fine um Air Fox was in there. He was really good. We'll talk more about him whenever we talk about Ring of Honor. Um, yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed the ladder match. But all that to be said, that was not my match of the week. I went with the aforementioned AR Fox facing Claudio Castagnoli for the ROH World Championship. This I did just watch tonight. <laughs> so I was getting a little bit ahead of myself there. Um, they have an office... <laughs> They have office chemistry, you know. They have awesome chemistry. 
A.R. Fox is one of those guys where I've been kind of waiting for him to get his roses for, I don't know, over a decade now. And he's trained a bunch of really awesome wrestlers, and it just seemed like it, it never was really going to work because he didn't make it to NXT in the heyday of that. But here we are. He's challenging for the Ring of Honor Championship on the first episode of Ring of Honor on Fight Club, Honor Club, Fight of Honor Club, whatever it's called. The ROH streaming service. This was really good. Claudio is a great world champion. I, I could go spot by spot through this match, but I already talked too much about the ladder match and went on a tangent. And obviously we're crunched for time because I've only been recording for 13-ish minutes. So, man, we're cruising. Regardless, um, I would recommend that. Let's see. I'm woefully behind on New Japan and... Uh, I think after the pay-per-view, Dynamite is going to be really awesome again. So the match of the week segment should be a lot more competitive in the weeks to come. Next up, I was a little worried about doing this segment because doing hot takes by myself with no one else to like weigh in feels feels like I'm kind of like tightrope walking, you know, without a net, given what I want to say. Um... So really, I just have one hot take for you this week. And that is, with Ring of Honor coming back. Oh, man. It's hard to say. Marty Skrull. It, it, it's, time, it's time to bring him back. Uh, for those of you who don't know, the reason why it's a little awkward to talk about this um, several years ago, Marty Skrull had sex with a drunken 16-year-old. In America, that's rough. But, given the fact that this took place over in the UK, the laws in England are just different. Um, the... At one point, there was a, re a report that he had been, like, grooming her in the scene and that several people were, but that's been walked back. The age of consent there is 16. It might be lower. I don't know. That's weird to say out loud. Also, it, it's not really a crime for her to have been drinking either. I, the whole thing, is it gross? Yes. I, I would not want to have that on my track record, but given the circumstances, you know, when a bunch of really creepy UK wrestlers got called out and just stopped working anywhere, Marty Skrull kind of seems like now, in hindsight, like the least deserving one. He's getting some work here and there internationally. Um... You know, I, th I think Ring of Honor and Sinclair paid out his contract in full. So whatever he was making, which was a substantial amount of money, because I, th I think AEW and WWE were trying to sign him and he signed with ROH. I mean, he was the guy. <laughs> he was he was going to be the future, you know, booker and promoter of 
ROH uh, before, you know, all that happened. Well, I shouldn't say before all that happened. Some of you don't know. So before the pandemic, Skrull had the pencil. And the pandemic happened. People got called out. Ring of Honor really stopped running shows. And Skrull was blacklisted. Um, one year ago today, Tony Khan came on Dynamite and did the whole, I bought ROH. What was the line? Uh, Shane's not here. Shane's not here. It, it, this isn't a joke. It's me. Or whatever it was. Ring of Honor was dead. And I think a lot of it had to do with the Marty Skrull controversy. So I understand why it would be a big... Like, it's a good idea to just turn the page and start something new. Like they're doing. But yeah, I mean, I guess... I guess to segue this over... The new Ring of Honor needs stars. Like, stars. People who can draw. And I think AEW has a little bit of a problem with that right now. I mean, who doesn't? Like, wrestling as a whole right now is kind of hurting. Besides New Japan. Like, they've got the same, like, four guys that everyone loves to go see. But really... I think Marty Skrull in the Ring of Honor scene could be just what it needs. Or it could, like, really mess it up and, like, make people not want to watch it. Um, I understand why it hasn't happened, but I think it's time to forgive and move on. Um, so, yeah. I don't think I said anything too controversial there. Let's, let's be a, a society of wrestling fans where we enjoy what we enjoy and we give people second chances the, we give the right people second chances there were some people in like that speaking out movement that did some like really really rough things like uh the travis banks stuff the jimmy havoc stuff i, I we could do a, another 15 minutes kind of pad out this podcast just going through that entire, I don't want to say movement, but I mean, that is what it is. Out of all of those people, it seems like Skrull's the one that deserves the second chance the most. Um, but yeah, like I said, it, it it's kind of icky to talk about, so I understand. I don't want to run any of you off, but, but let's let's be a little bit more understanding and I mean, who are we as a society if we're not going to give people a second chance? All right. All of that said, if you're still around and I didn't run you off, let's talk Ring of Honor. It's back. Uh, it kind of took a year to get here. Tony Khan only ran, what was it, like three pay-per-views in 2022. But we've got the weekly show back. Um, so yeah, besides the three pay-per-views and the Jay Briscoe tribute we're uh we're here we're back to having a weekly ring of honor it's thursday nights on the honor club sorry it's a bit new to me i am a brand new subscriber um and we've got a pay-per-view at the end of march uh they're piggybacking off of wrestlemania weekend and i think it's going to be a lot of fun uh as far as that pay-per-view goes some of the big things that we're heading for spoilers um, I only want to go off of what was announced from the first episode. 
because I, I did have, you know, the tapings spoiled for me, which was a bummer. By the way, don't be a dickhead and spoil stuff for people. That's really rude. Super rude. So let's spoil this episode. Um, so at the pay-per-view, we're going to be getting Claudio Castagnoli defending against Eddie Kingston, which I think is going to be a really awesome match. And I think it's going to be a really good step forward as far as what we can expect. Let's see. We've got the women's world title match where Willow Nightingale is going to be challenging Athena. Uh, the two of them faced off in this first episode. And uh, promo was a little awkward, but this match is going to be really good. And I hope in the build to this... You know, Willow is already like a really sympathetic character. And I think the crowd's really going to get behind her. I think she needs to like get her head kicked in by Athena. Where like it really establishes Athena as the ass kicker that really got her that title. Um, all the people that got worked into a shoot <laughs> because she worked a little snug on a dark match um that got her this title it got her this opportunity and i think it's a little bit too soon to take that from her and i th I think it would be a great underdog story to have willow kind of uh you know rise back up the rankings do we still do rankings memo to self email tony khan about the rankings um but yeah it I'm a big fan of Willow Nightingale, and I'm not a huge fan of a lot of women's wrestlers. I think there's something about her. She's a, she's really good in ring, and she's got like a really bubbly personality that, you know, uh, people will be quick to say, you know, Bailey. But I mean, it, it's different than that. But sure, whatever, whatever's easiest for you. I think she should be the one to beat Jade for the TBS championship in aew but if she's going to be a ring of honor wrestler let's start the chase i think she's going to be an awesome women's champion um as far as everything else that happened hold on one second you know what let's just go through the whole show <laughs> i lied um so yeah big picture thoughts i really liked I really like this. It felt a little bit different. Um, they did the TV tapings from Universal Studios in Orlando where, you know, they tape some some segments for Dark. This looked different. They changed the setup. Uh, they worked the lighting. They fit more people in. Um, they fit in more LED screens. The, the presentation was really good. Um, I, I genuinely liked it. The crowd was into the whole thing. Uh, my only complaint was that it did feel like dark still. Um, it, it felt, how, how do I want to say this? This feels like Tony Khan's NXT without like the indie stars more so than ring of honor. And I, I like, I like the crane shots in the ring. And it, seem, it seems like the TV production was different than it normally is. So I liked it. But it still feels minor league. Um, which I'm sure I can get over. But whenever a lot of the talent are people that are on dark. 
I kind of want something different, you know? So I'm going to reserve judgment until I see, you know, what the rest of the tapings look like. But I really like this show. Now, as an expecting father, the idea of watching two-hour wrestling shows on Wednesday and Thursday is a little daunting. So I don't know how we'll get to that. But honestly, I like this a lot. And I think I'm going to be making time for it week in, week out. So I hope this makes sense. I hope I'm not just like damning it with faint praise where I'm like, yeah, I liked it. It's all right. I thought this was really cool. And I, I want to see like a set roster. I don't like the idea of people doing AEW and Dark. Or sorry, and Dark. I just called it Dark. <laughs> I don't like the idea of people doing AEW and ROH. See, it's got to shake that stigma, baby. Let's see. Let, let's review the show. See if, see if you think it shook the stigma. Um, first match, we started off with Slim J versus Mark Briscoe really good reach for the sky boy um mark briscoe is the heart of heart and soul of ring of honor now and uh, i was interested to see if they're going to do anything with the tag team titles but honestly i th i think i i think i want to put a pin in that for now i i, I think i want to put a pin in that for now because i just don't it feels too soon. Jay died not that long ago. And Mark is over. He had a really good match with Slim Jay here. Which, by the way, starting the show off with Slim Jay was insane. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that was that was cool. Um, truth busters all day, baby. Um, but like I was saying, Mark Briscoe is going to be the heart and soul of this promotion. So... Um, you know, we kind of have an idea of where he's going to go. Again, I don't want to spoil the tapings. But I like the direction that Mark's heading in. I, th I think it's it's a bit... It's a bit different than what people were expecting. But yeah, this match was really good. And uh, I, I would say watch this match closely because I think it's going to be telling the story of Mark moving forward. Where, again, I've said it, I'm not really ashamed of saying it, um, Mark's initial singles run whenever Jay was the ROH champion, I wasn't a big fan of because he was doing, you know, like the redneck kung fu, and he started doing the froggy bow and stuff. Um, but I really like it here. And I've said it before, I, I think Mark Briscoe is really great now as a singles wrestler, um so yeah we still get the froggy bow we still get a little bit of the kung fu and uh now we get the j driller which uh every time he wins a match with the j driller it's going to be a big deal and uh was it the i think it was the lethal match where he was trying to hit it and couldn't do it i i, I loved it i loved it i wouldn't mind if he played around with that more um next up was this really weird segment and I only know Tony Deppen as the wrestler. I don't really... This is the first promo I've ever heard him cut. So forgive me if I'm like... Totally unaware of this. But... 
what was the deal with him pulling out a piece of paper and awkwardly cutting a promo from it? It's really bizarre. Really bizarre. Super uncharismatic. I don't know if it was a rib. I don't know, like, if it was a reference. I'm not sure. All I know is I didn't like it, and it made Deppin look really lame. Uh, so, anyway, he's challenging Samoa Joe next week for the ROH TV title, so... I, the match will definitely be better than the promo. I know this. Match number two. The Kingdom with Maria Kanellis versus the Infantry. The Infantry, let's go! I, I was going to talk a little bit about what I want from the Ring of Honor Tag Team Division. I think the Infantry is a great team. It's Charlie Bravo and the Captain Sean Dean. Who, by the way, long-time long listeners and people who have talked wrestling with me know I'm a big Sean Dean guy. An irrationally big Sean Dean guy. I think he's really good. And I'm really happy that, you know, it seems like he's going to be a part of Ring of Honor moving forward. All that said, um, the Kingdom were really good here. They got the win. Bennett and Taven are, as singles wrestlers, a total skip for me. I don't really care for either one of them. But they work as a team, man. They're so good. Um, whatever form of the Ring of Honor tag team titles they're going to do, the Kingdom will definitely feature into it. Um, I wouldn't be opposed if they went up to AEW and did a trio with Adam Cole so the kingdom can be, you know, whole again. I wouldn't mind that. But anyway, I'm not, I'm not just going to needlessly fantasy book here by myself. That would be a little weird. All that said, the kingdom were really good. The infantry looked good. Um, that's, that's all I got to say. Uh, perfectly good match. Next up, we have Zack Sabre Jr. defending the New Japan World TV... Or, what is it? Is it New Japan Pro Wrestling or New Japan World TV Championship? Because it's New Japan Pro Wrestling, but it's also the New Japan World? Because the streaming service is New Japan World. So it'd be the New Japan World TV Championship, not the New Japan... Guys, I promise this isn't a bit. I just confused myself. That's all. Actually, no. You know what? I'm going to stand up for myself. I didn't confuse myself. New Japan is confusing me because there's, there's something lost in the translation here. I'm shooting on Gato, brother. Uh, anyway, Zack Sabre defended the TV Championship against Blake Christian. Blake gets a lot of heat like a lot of people hate on blake christian but i think he's really good you know he's obviously a will osprey disciple but there's nothing wrong with him um he skipped the biker shorts and is wearing those longer tights and i think that makes him look a lot better um you know i i still think you know long term he's best fit in a in a stable or a tag team or a trio, something like that. Because uh, Blake Christian is a singles wrestler. I, I don't think he's really there yet. That said, he had a really good match with Zack Sabre. 
Mitch and I have said it a million times. If you wrestle Zack Saber, you're going to have a Zack Saber match. And sure enough, there <laughs> there was a lot of grappling. Um, yeah, I really like the closing sequence of this a lot. Um, finishing with the inverted triangle choke was really good. Um, some of Zack Saber's matches with the TV Championship can go a little long. There doesn't really seem to be a sense of urgency until like the final stretch. But I feel like I could say that about a lot of New Japan matches. That's not necessarily just Zack specifically, so I don't want to pile on too much. All that said, I still really enjoyed this a lot though. And uh, yeah, Blake looked good. Zack looked good. Awesome. Again, we're three for three starting the show. Next up, did they go four for four? Rohit Raju faced Christopher Daniels. Um, spoilers. They went four for four. This was a, a like a really quick match, but I really enjoyed it. Uh, for those of you who aren't familiar, Daniels, I don't know if he still is, but he was Defy champion up in Seattle. So he's, he's still, he's still, he's still a singles guy. I'm not quite sure how he's going to be used in Ring of Honor because he already challenged Claudio for that world title on the tribute show. Um, I'm not quite sure what he's going to be doing. Uh, it is a bummer. <laughs> I was hoping the main event was going to be like a, a run back of the original Ring of Honor main event and we get Christopher Daniels, Brian Danielson, low key, but just not in the cards, I guess. Um... It, it, it's really weird because Christopher Daniels, as a wrestler, since he's been with AEW, he's been a giver in the ring where he really just sets people up and makes them look good. And I mean, he, do, he also does like a lot of like backstage stuff for them. So he's kind of been uh, an afterthought as a wrestler, you know, since him and Frankie Kazarian broke up. Uh, so him and Ring of Honor is really good. Um Again, I don't want to spoil anything from the tapings. Let's just say I'm excited for what's next for him. Um, yeah, I, I see this sucks. I don't know how to necessarily review this without getting into spoilers, but let, let's just focus on the episode at hand. Christopher Daniels was good. Um, Lexi Nair was backstage with Tracy Real Williams and Rhett Titus. And... They're a really good tag team in Ring of Honor, so I'm glad that uh, TK brought them back. You know who's an even better tag team? Aussie Open. And sure enough, Aussie Open interfered backstage. Is it interfered? Interrupted. Yeah, they interrupted. I'm really going off the rails, guys. Sorry. So we are getting Tracy Williams and Rhett Titus versus Aussie Open next week. Let's go. Spoilers, I like Aussie Open a lot more than the Foundation. Uh, next up, we had Kanosuke Takeshita versus Josh Woods. Really, really great match. Uh, Takeshita hitting big blue thunder bombs all over the place. I love it. Uh, Josh Woods is uh, a technical wrestler who's very, very good, very menacing, very believable. Um... 
I could go on and on about how great this match was, but I think it serves my overall point better to say, like, is Takeshita Ring of Honor or is he AEW? And I know that he's just getting the reps in, but it's like, I mean, if we're building to Takeshita Claudio, that would be really cool. But I just wish that he would be exclusive to somewhere. And that's kind of like my big overall thought. Like I, I just, I think it's okay if a ring of honor wrestler is on AEW to have like a competitive match or there might not necessarily be a story, but I don't want AEW wrestlers coming down to ring of honor. I hope that makes sense. So like occasional matches on dynamite or rampage by ring of honor wrestlers, I wouldn't mind necessarily. But I want some separation there. I want these to feel distinct. I don't want it to just feel like the leftovers from Tony Khan's booking earlier in the week, you know? It makes everyone seem less special. It makes it seem less major league. Uh, next up, we're three guys who weren't very major league going up against the Embassy in a six-man tag team match. Um... I guess Brian Cage is re-signing. I don't know. I guess we'll find out at the pay-per-view because I think I think the match that we get is Dalton Castle and the boys fighting for the six-man titles again. But um, ever while everyone is like still so locked in on Brian Cage, I think Khan is like the really like standout dude in this trio. And it's not Tony Khan. It's spelled K-A-U-N. We need to work on that branding. There's too many cons. But this dude, con, I don't know how to differentiate. He's really good. Like, he looks the part. This dude is just like a giant brick house. He looks super intimidating. Um, I definitely want to see more from him. Next up. I mean, yeah, that's it for the match. Like, it was a squash. What do you want? <laughs> Uh, next match, Metalik, Ari Davari. This was really good. Um, Metalik, I, I think he's going to be working Ring of Honor. This was this was pretty cool. Um, this was the first match in the show where I was kind of kind of waning a little bit. Um, it got a little long in the tooth, but I, I still really enjoyed it. Um, there was some you know shenanigans and. Daivari got the win, but I don't know. I just like Metalik and seeing him do his uh, his ring rope magic was really cool. Um, as far as Daivari goes, I wouldn't be shocked if they're building him up to be, you know, like a credible TV championship challenger or something like that. I don't know if Daivari is like... I don't, I don't, I don't think he's at the level where he could challenge for the world championship. But I, they're they're putting something behind him, so I would assume that we're doing something big picture with him. It's just hard to say right now. Next up, this match is pretty rough, dude. Madison Rain and Sky Blue defeated the Renegade Twins. This see, it's moments like this where I really miss Mitch, where I can say Mitch, Madison Rain and Sky Blue, huh? And then I can just mute my mic, lean back, 
kind of look around the room while he fills in and just uh, still actively listening. I'm not a, a, a jerk. Sip on my Coke Zero, drink some water, look out the window, just, just kind of vibe, you know, while he carries the torch for the, the women's divisions. But he's not here and I have nothing nice to say, so we're going to move on. Um, we already talked about her, Willow Nightingale. She defeated Lady Frost. Again, this match was fine. There, Whenever you do a squash and then follow it with like three like mediocre matches, it really killed the vibe. Because like the first hour of this episode, I'm like, all right, this is appointment TV. Like Ring of Honor's back, baby. Let's go. And then we had a squash and then we had three mediocre matches and um, then we do the main event. But before we get there, like I said, Willow Nightingale talks to Athena, challenges her for the title. Um, so yeah, we'll get that. Main event time. My match of the week. Claudio Castagnoli defeated A.R. Fox and is still your ring of honor world champion really awesome sequences here um <laughs> you know like i referred to earlier their office chemistry is just topped here <laughs> um i really love ar fox's style and it it worked really well with claudio in the same way where it's just like you know you have like a powerhouse technician type wrestler with a cruiserweight like yeah that shit rules <laughs> like that's one of the coolest match types um ar fox got some believable moments where it was like oh maybe maybe that straight jacket ddt might do it oh no he, he didn't catch it oh the 450 oh no it didn't work um i really liked how sudden this match ended where they were kind of going back and forth and it looked like ar fox was kind of kind of wearing Claudio down and then Fox comes down from a springboard and then Claudio just anti-air European uppercut finished it dude it was so good again match of the week go out and watch it um if I had to grade this one see I'm on the fence I feel bad about grading wrestling but at the same time I want to make it like feel special i want to emphasize the cool stuff everyone does stars i'm going to do letter grades this was uh this is a b plus really good four stars for you snowflake perverts post-match eddie kingston comes out crowd at universals losing their minds and uh challenges i want to recap this for you it was a good little promo Eddie Kingston can kind of get lost in his promo sometimes, like how I can get lost podcasting sometimes. Um, you know, basically comes out and says like, you know, I promised John Moxley that I wouldn't beat your ass in AEW. Well, this ain't AEW. I want that ROH title. Simple. To the point. He goes to hand Claudio the mic. Claudio reaches for it. Like... <laughs> I don't want to say limp wrists it like, but 
he goes to hold it and then just lets it fall and uh, walks out of the ring. He big times Eddie Kingston. It was really rad. Crowd's chaining for Kingston. Claudio's like blowing him off like, nah, I'm bigger than you. And uh, yeah, it was really good. Oh, I missed the part where Wheeler Yuta came out and was just, he cut a really good promo and then uh, freaking William Thatcher came out. So we're doing that next week. Uh, and with that, that's the Ring of Honor review. One week in the books and uh, I'm on the fence. Like I said, um, to repeat myself, I guess. I am struggling without a co-host. Um, I really like the show. There's a lot of work to be done. But you could say the same thing about, you know, the original first episode of Ring of Honor. It wasn't perfect. There was a lot of stuff that I wasn't a fan of, but it was good. And uh, the more we make it less like AEW Dark, like AEW Junior, AEW NXT, the better off we're going to be. Now, let's get to it. AEW Revolution is this weekend. And uh, I hope, unlike Mitch, you get to watch this in a comfortable place. I'm I'm really curious to see if this dude ends up watching it in the back of the car on his phone like he said he was going to. That is... I get motion sick, so if he can do that, more power to him, I guess. Uh, I'm going to be in my buddy's house, probably having some pizza, vibing out, watching a no-holds-barred match between Christian Cage and Jungle Boy Jack Perry. Start there. We've been waiting for this match for so long. We were going to get it last year, and then Christian messed up his arm. I can't remember if it was shoulder, elbow, doesn't matter. Put him on the shelf, and we kind of had to stretch things out with Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus for the longest time. And now we're finally getting Christian versus Jungle Boy. Um, given the fact that we've only built this match for, like, what, two weeks now? I mean, on we've been building to this match for months and months and months. But since Christian's return, it's only been, like, two weeks this is a really good build as far as the match itself goes i mean they're going to be hitting each other in the head with chairs <laughs> not really i mean it's not you know we live in a post benoit society but it, it's going to be it's no holds barred there are no holds that are barred people we can do whatever we want um i think the match is going to be really good i don't know if it's going to steal the show uh, i'm setting the bar low hopefully they like blow right past that and I can come back on here for the review and just be like, this was so rad. I like both these guys a lot. Uh, it seems like we're really taking our time building Jack Perry as like a singles, like a legitimate single star. And I wouldn't be shocked if by the time we get to like all out or full gear maybe even like a high profile tv title defense where jungle boy challenges mjf I, I i think it's possible we get that this year and it wouldn't be wild it wouldn't be too soon i think it would feel right that said earlier i said that there's no major heels in aew i mean christian killed it this week he had the entire crowd like wanting that dude to get his ass kicked. Um, if Danielson walks away with the AEW championship, I mean, a build 
between Danielson and Christian would be really rad. Am I wrong? There's no one to answer me, so I'm going to say no. Next up, we've got Jung <laughs> Jungle Boy. <laughs> He's in every single match. We've got Chris Jericho versus Ricky Starks. Um, I don't understand the hate going into this. I think the build to this match has been really fun. We've had a bunch of really good matches where Ricky Starks can beat Jericho's cronies one-on-one, -on -one, but whenever they gang up on him, he's outnumbered and he can't do it. So, at the pay-per-view, we're getting a 1v1 match, and Chris Jericho's coming off a year where he had really awesome match after really awesome match. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if this is one of the best matches on the show. Um, I think, I think Stark should get the win here. I, I want this story to be done, <laughs> but I don't know if that's going to necessarily happen. Um, I, it, it seems like there's going to be some sort of like screwy finish, but honestly, if this is just Stark's winning and then moving on to something else, I'm totally happy with that. Um, as far as Chris Jericho goes... I think I'm ready for a character change. I think like he's, he's shown that he's capable of reinventing himself again and again and again, or as Cindy Lauper would say time after time, he needs to do it again. This Jericho appreciation, appreciation, the Jericho appreciation society shtick has run its course. Really? Um, I don't know if I'd want to subject another wrestler to that <laughs> to like go up against all of them. Um, I don't know. I think he should reinvent himself. I don't know if you can really blow up the group, but maybe do some infighting. Maybe you finally do Garcia versus Jericho. I don't know. Regardless, I want something different from Jericho right now because the, we'll talk more about this later because that's, it's a bigger critique elsewhere on the show. But I'm really sick of the WWE light stuff that we're doing on this show. And some, I mean, I know it's the shtick. He calls himself a sports entertainer. But this is getting rough. Next up. <clears throat> Let's do the AEW World Trios Championship. Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks are going to be defending against the House of Black. Hold on one second. Uh, I gotta get a drink. Talking solo for almost an hour. Takes its toll. Okay. Elite versus House of Black. Let's get to it. Um, I'm a huge fan of the Elite, even though I've been critical of them lately because I want them to have hard-hitting matches like they did in that Best of Seven series. They're capable of it. I mean, Kenny Omega has, um, like, the match of the year so far with Will Ospreay. And the Bucks are the Bucks. <laughs> Despite that, what the haters say, they're still really amazing. They're, like, the best tag team alive. Um, and House of Black, if you just skip past all the spooky shit, like, the thing that gets under my skin is the lights go out and then the people who are the culprits for the lights going out are standing there when the lights come back on. 
and then to end the segment the lights go back off and then when they come back on those people are gone that is that spooky wwe shit that is so stupid i i have no other way to say it it's insulting to my intelligence it's bad enough that i'm a huge wrestling fan and like people probably think i'm a dumb weirdo for that i can put up with that because i know the truth i know that wrestling is super fun but yeah i my wife was with me for this segment and i was just embarrassed this spooky stuff sucks it's lame it's not good it's a huge bummer so anyway as long as the the match itself is like hard hitting and really cool i'll be into it but i don't know the last thing i want is for like brandon cutler to have like the cooling spray and he sprays the house of black with that and then malachi malachi black has his spooky spit that he spits in someone's face like you can get that crap out of here if if the six of them just like tee off on each other and this is just hard hitting the entire time i think it's going to be an absolute blast um all right more stuff that i can't stand let's talk about the aew women's world championship three-way match jamie Hayter is defending her title against soraya and ruby soho is ruby soho whose side is ruby soho on is is soraya gonna spray paint a, a fan sign this week all this sucks i hate it <laughs> like it's the worst we have a credible women's champion who goes out there and just has awesome matches and now we have to put up with this like side plot it's derailed jamie Hayter's really good title run where it seemed like the story that we were going to tell with that is an eventual you know schism between her and brit which we don't have to do immediately i'm fine we can we can put that on the back burner but to move right into a feud with Paige sucks, dude. And the fact that she's getting this match over Tony Storm. Like, all this stuff with Soraya just brings Tony Storm down. Makes her seem... Ugh, this is brutal. And I know Mitch would play devil's advocate here and say that, Jake, calm down this the, the soraya stuff is heading somewhere we're you know the speculation is that we've got the women's blood and guts coming up we can tell a different story to do a women's blood and gut match honest doesn't have to involve soraya she sucks she sucks she she can't talk on the mic she can't go in the ring she can't do anything even her pre-tapes backstage are brutal tk needs to cut the bait and move on just like pr pretend that page never happened have if, if jamie hater you know you can't talk give her someone to speak and they can start their own faction you can do literally anything else than this and i'd be happy with it so help me if soraya walks out with this title I, am, I would be willing to be the first one to throw dirt 
onto the grave of the AEW women's division. Because it kills all of the momentum you have. You have two women's titles. And both of them are so inconsequential right now because the people booking the women's division aren't doing a very good job. And you can kind of rest your hat on Jamie Hayter at least being able to go out there and have awesome matches. But this quote-unquote story that they're telling is knockoff WWE stuff. And again, I know that's the shtick because that's what Paige is doing, but we've already got Jericho doing that. We've got that in the AEW World Tag Team Championship match with the guns. Where that's not about match quality. And it's just about the story that they're telling. It sucks. If people wanted to watch that, they would just watch WWE. But the reason that AEW got off the ground is because people don't want to watch that anymore. And AEW gave them an alternative. And it's not that much of an alternative right now. And it really upsets me. Getting worked up. <laughs> but it sucks. Like, whenever you have three separate matches on an eight-match card, so that's almost half of the show is knockoff WWE storytelling. That's brutal. And everyone that's in charge of this really needs to, like, look in the mirror and ask what they want to accomplish long-term with their show because if you want to do knockoff sports entertainment like wwe does then keep going down the road that you're doing where three out of your eight matches don't have like very good stories aew successful because they focus on the in-ring and even then they tell really awesome stories in ring they don't need to succumb to this dumb WWE level of storytelling. They just don't. They don't. So, I already brought it up. Let's get to it. AEW World Tag Team Championship match. The Guns versus The Acclaimed versus Jay Lethal and Jay Jarrett versus Orange Cassidy and Danhausen. This match is... It's shtick. It's that's all it is. You could have had Aussie Open in this match. You could have had Top Flight in this match. You could have had the Lucha Bros in this match. Could have had FTR. Best Friends. You could have done something. But, uh... Yeah. Here we are. I mean, I guess the acclaimed win... Or the guns win. I I don't really care because I I just I'm not invested. The guns have had a really mediocre run where they're not really doing anything. They just kind of like walk out during people's matches and make like taunting faces, and that's all we get. I just want the acclaim to win their titles back and we move on. Honest. Uh, let's get to something I'm looking forward to. I I mean I I like the rest of this so. <laughs> Thanks for sticking with me, because uh, part of this card is a real bummer. But, we've got the AEW TNT Championship. Samoa Joe defends the title against Wardlow. This match is going to be an absolute banger. Um, again, I would like more, you know, a more solid line 
to separate AEW and ROH, but um, I, I, I don't think Samoa Joe is going to be holding on to the TNT title for too much longer. Uh, if Wardlow doesn't win at Revolution, Powerhouse Hobbs is absolutely the one to beat him. Um, I'm just looking forward to this. I think w Wardlow feels like he's in a spot where he can put Joe behind him and it not hurt Joe. And I think that's the right move. Regardless, I, th I think this is going to be a really, really good match. 1v1, this, this has a lot of potential. But not as much potential as the next match. Texas Death. John Moxley versus Hangman Adam Page. Um, Mox is obviously the bad guy in this match. And, I mean, for those of you paying attention, the Texas Death match is like the thing that Adam Page goes to whenever you push him too far. Like, <laughs> when he goes to his dark place. <laughs> Um, I, I think it's a little goofy that we're calling it a Texas death match and it's taking place in San Francisco. Is that nitpicking? Is it a valid critique? You be the judge. Um, all that to be said, I'm, I'm really excited for this match and it's really the match I'm looking forward to the most because I, I think the, the floor of this match is really high and the ceiling of this match is match of the year contender. So... Let's go. Um, actually, yeah, let's literally go. Um, <laughs> we'll wrap up here with the 60-minute Ironman match for the AEW World Championship. MJF defends against Brian Danielson. I really like this build. I know people don't like the the M, you know the MJF challenges, but hey, at least at least uh, Danielson didn't get beat with a belt this time. How about that? <laughs> they do tell different stories. <clears throat> Hydration. So let's get to the match. They've been setting up for weeks and weeks and weeks. MJF has paid person after person to destroy Danielson's arm. That's going to play into the match. <coughs> Sorry, I don't have a cough button. The story of the match is that Danielson is the best wrestler in the world, and to beat him, MJF has to cheat. And Danielson thought he was putting him in a corner whenever he challenged him to the match, but given the wear and tear to Danielson's arm, MJF is probably the favorite in this match. Um, I, I, I expect to kind of have a little bit of a screwy finish. I don't think it's necessary. Like, I don't think it's going to be MJF going out there and they just, like, chain wrestle for 60 minutes. Like, the storytelling is going to be, like, in the ring for this one. And I'm really excited for it because it's it's getting to be what MJF does best. And if there's anyone who can, like, help him out with that and the two can put on a great performance, it's Brian Danielson, who's legitimately, like, one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Would I be upset if Danielson wins the title? Not at all. Uh, we're heading back to Long Island in a couple weeks. MJF could win it there in his home, you know, hometown crowd. It, it would make sense. Um, I just have this gut feeling, though. MJF's not dropping the title until 2024. 
that's just where I'm at. I've kept you long enough. It's only been an hour. What do you guys want to talk about? Genre movies? Basketball? Comic books? No, I'm just kidding. I'll let you go. Uh, until next time, I'm Jake, and this is the Bingo Hall Boys Wrestling Podcast. Yeah.